Got two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brand new columns. That's me. And just in brown for your moving needs. Media popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it? Well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pissed, it's all your fault. Hey, everybody, this is your boy, Eddie Collins. Guys, and this is Justin Brown. And we are meeting a popcorn nigga spoiling movies. But today we're not spoiling a movie because this came out a long, long time ago. But to help us break it down, acclaimed actor, superstar, Andrew Chappelle, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. I'm so uh, happy that you were able to come on. Uh, we met at an AFCA event not too long ago. Um, a beautiful brunch. Yeah, it, was, it was a very nice brunch. It was uh, a, a very long brunch. What did but, you guys eat? Oh, that's a good question. They had a huge spread. Yeah, I think the shorter list would be what we didn't eat. <laughs> okay. But, okay. So so now I'm jealous. So, uh... <laughs> you know, AFCA, AFCA always puts on beautiful events. For those of you who don't know, African American Film Critics Association. I mean, they, they really do it right. And um, it's always nice to be in a room with other... Hollywood movers and shakers of color. That's right. We were at a table with, uh, I believe, Ava DuVernay's mom, which was which was interesting. No way. Yeah, that was her name was Darlene, like because that's my uh, great aunt's name, and I was like, oh okay. And then she's like, oh my daughter's Ava, and I'm like, oh okay, just gonna stun on me while I'm trying wow. to drink this mimosa. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I was I actually ended up at a dinner across from Ava DuVernay quite by surprise last week. Which oh wow. I had no chill. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood. I had no chill. I, you know, I was totally starstruck by her. What a, what a talent. Absolutely. But you're also a talent yourself, sir. Uh, you're on Blind Spotting, which just released its second season on Stars, which is fantastic. Justin and I are huge fans of the, the movie. That's why when I heard you were on the show, I'm like, we got to get you on because we love the movie. We actually saw it in the theaters, and I remember we were telling everyone about it i think i tweeted at Raphael about it um how much we loved it um so to, yeah yeah i mean what's it been like being on that show and just being part of that family yeah you know i i was thrilled when i when i said it to you your reaction i was like oh my god he knows the property <laughs> <laughs> um you know blind spotting is a really special project it's totally unique it's totally unlike anything else it's it, it is why we responded so so viscerally to the movie i mean i remember seeing that movie for the first time and being speeches i te i texted david right after and i was just like i don't know what to say to you i just need to tell you that I am moved and I'm going to be thinking about it for a long time. Um, and it's one of those movies that does, it makes you, you think about it for days, weeks, years later. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as it pertains to the series, I, when I moved out to LA, I had an idea, you know, that I wanted to be on television, but you know, that there's a, there's a wide range of TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, mm -hmm. and so to be able to be on a show as impactful as blind spotting that's talking about real issues that are happening to real people in our country that we don't oftentimes get to see navigate these situations in a empathetic mm -hmm. uh holistic way i mean we're we're really seeing all the aspects of how someone from a family going to prison, how does that affect everyone in the family, their mother, their girlfriend, their son? Um, and, you know, we don't even know why really he's in prison. Yep. Yep. That was, we don't know. that was interesting. It's actually irrelevant. The why. Mm -hmm. um, and because, uh, because the show is about how, how does it affect the others? And then when, and then when you pile, and then when you pile on, um the spoken word and the dance yes, on, top, yes. <laughs> on top of it being a dramedy you know it's told with comedy um so i so i i as you can tell i feel passionately about it because it's a special show it's unlike anything else that's out there and you can watch it on stars new episodes uh come out every friday absolutely and, it, and they're also oh, like 
you know, short episodes too. They're like average, I think around 30 something minutes. Like it's a fast series to get through. And they pack a lot into that 30 yes, minutes, don't yes, they? they do. Yes, they do. Holy cow. <laughs> but, uh, waste the time. I like it. <laughs> but you also have a short film called Fanatic, which the premise alone, like just, I, I, I can't wait to see this thing. So please tell the folks about uh, that film and how it came together. Well, I'm a nut and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, you know, get to be some of the comic relief and blind spotting. Um, but, you know, a lot of my inspiration as a writer and a creator came from, you know, watching Will and Grace growing up and 30 Rock. And, you know, I love that really joke heavy comedy. Um, so I was like, let me try my hand at it. And so I... Originally, I had placed it with like a, a two-man vaudeville act, and they had this really uh, inappropriate act that, you know, every audience was just left horrified. <laughs> but I was like, I don't really know that much about vaudeville. Like, what's the era that I really know? And I was like, well, as a kid of the late 90s, it's boy bands, baby. Oh, yes, go. <laughs> and so, you know, really to make the comedy pop, I was like, let me... Uh, make their circumstances as dire as possible. Let me just like really make them have to work for this, this potential prize. Um, and so I had a great time and I got to uh, work with a lot of friends and call in a ton of favors. I had no idea <laughs> how much work it took to put on a movie, um, but I know now. And I've totally caught the bug. I All I could think about while I was in the throes of desperation during post-production was, I can't wait to do the next one. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we are we are definitely heavily into the festival season for, for Fanatic. I'm so overwhelmed with how it's been received. Um, there is, I don't know that there's another feeling quite like being in a theater and, mm. and hearing- how your movie is received um, and no one knows that, you know, it's your film. I, like the first time I, I saw it, I sat in the back and just, you know, kind of hid because I didn't want people to react based on me being there because I'm also in it. So, um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. And I'm, I look forward to seeing what happens with it next. You know, we're, we're right now we're working on developing it into a full length feature. I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay. That's there's awesome. some there's a there's a lot there and uh i've got some help uh with with some of my writing friends and uh producing friends and so we're taking our time but we're moving at a pace i mean you're striking at a good time because right now with all the boy bands kind of doing like their own thing like coming back with like mini concerts you got lance bass's podcast it's really popular there's a lot of potential for some fun appearances to pop up in a well, listen movie. all of us millennials we're now at that age where we're we got the buying power yeah mm -hmm. we're the nostalgia it's all about yep. the nostalgia the nostalgia yeah i mean it you know in the in the short film it's it's uh, the boy band is like they're both two gay guys and that's really the real reason why the band didn't succeed was because it was the 2000s and you couldn't really be out yep. and true a huge success back then um in the movie in the full-length feature i i've changed a few things around um to kind of open the script up a bit but i i do hope that it gets made i mean i i think it would be an extraordinary feat to uh go from a, a little idea i had during the pandemic from short to feature um but all will be revealed in time as uh the the wise wizard Double door once said. I, I I'm terrible at improvisation. What? <laughs> I'm terrible at improvisation. But uh, Andrew, we're rooting for you. Like I'm so excited to see where uh, your, your project goes from there. Um, if you need two two dudes to play Casey and JoJo in the movie, you know, hit up Justin. Oh right. my life! <laughs> I pray for someone like you. <laughs> I'll shave my head. We could do it. We could do it. Um, oh, man. Those men sang. They did. Yes, they did. They did. Yes, and they, they brought the church they, vocal to the R&B track. And they drank. And they, <laughs> they did drugs. Oh, just like every other musician. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I saw a, a video of Bobby Brown recently, a new edition concert. And 
Hoo-wee. He tapped out. <laughs> he was like, I'm not doing He said, oh, get oh. somebody else to do it. <laughs> so uh, I actually it. saw New Edition in concert, as, and they were also featuring Jodeci. Oh uh, Jodeci opened up for them and Charlie Wilson. Jodeci, they, they actually hit it. They, they came out and they did exactly what you wanted from Jodeci. Charlie Wilson, imagine? go ahead. I said, I'm just thinking about the Alize sales and the Hennessy sales at that concert, honey. The Alize was popping. The hypnotic was was flowing. The Hennessy. Um, the Charlie Wilson just destroyed. They almost stole the show. The new edition was great, but Bobby Brown was making me laugh so hard inside That's because... Terrible. Like everyone was like collectors, like, come on, Bobby, you got these steps. You can do it. So it was like we were all coaching Bobby Brown through the entire show. Mm. But uh, I don't know why we love him so much. <laughs> well, I, who is we? Out <laughs> <laughs> there. I, I would say, I would say, you know, black kids who grew up in the 80s, I, you know, like every little step I take, you know, that song just does something to me. You know, you know, you know the, the Ghostbusters too. Um, uh, Control that was a hell of a song. Tenderoni. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I, think... I guess he he missed me. He missed me because I because you know I grew up in a in a Whitney Houston household. Ah, uh, yeah, fair. Yeah, that that fair. makes a lot of sense. Fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we had the show being Bobby Brown, where Bobby and Whitney really just went off the rails. That was just a wild one. And you know, I I do think that the same way like I I am a Mariah Carey fan through good good bad and any any weight class it's, it was the same way I felt with Whitney Houston it was just like I loved her at her greatest love of all at the AMAs in 1980 whatever and I loved her at being Bobby Brown because I loved her <laughs> yeah um, so it's you know well you know I, I also think, I also think Bobby Brown everyone's because like. Uh, but he lost uh, Whitney, obviously lost, uh, they lost Bobby Christina, and then they lost their son. Uh, the son, uh, I think a few months before they went on tour, the tour that I saw recently. So I think it's just it's like all of the, um, the circumstances surround around him, everyone's like really pulling for him. I see. Wait, is this the son, uh, not to get off topic, but is this the son that Bobby Christina was dating? No, no, this is a different. This is a different. No, okay. no, this is a different, yeah. different, different. Son. That's different. such an unsettling story. I don't know what they're gonna like. That's gonna be some type of crime <laughs> drama series. That's that's so unsettling. How that all? Yeah, there's gonna very... be some investigative reporting for sure on yeah. on who's what, where, and why. That's a, but uh, everyone, we're here to talk about for your consideration a Christopher Guest movie. <laughs> I'd uh, rather talk about anything other. But well, go on. <laughs> did you ever watch like these films with Christopher Guest, like The Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, Best in oh, Show? Oh yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Justin, that's I'm why, guessing that's why I left at the opportunity when I had when I saw the options. I said, oh, uh, definitely for your consideration because because full disclosure, for your for your consideration was probably the film in that canon I knew the least. Mm, okay. But boy, do I know it now. <laughs> it, it's not my favorite out of all of them. I think I like it a little bit more than A Mighty Wind. Um, mm -hmm. But like for me, like Best in Show is probably the funniest one. Um, but this one, this one had some moments. Like Catherine O'Hara, she doesn't miss. She's always, always hysterical. Eugene uh, Levy is out of his goddamn mind. Uh, Fred, Fred Willard was also equally crazy. Um, That's who I'm looking. I have to, I have Ricky, to take... Ricky Go Gervais's ahead. character was a bit, eh. Um, I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that, like especially when he was like doing the home for Thanksgiving. I didn't really get why he had to pop in there as the producer. Um, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, yep, that's right. That was her. Um, my, my favorite character, though, in the movie is Harry Shearer. Yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when he does that MTV show at the end, Holy oh my god, the transformations! I mean, so yeah, I, I, the boy boy does the film give you a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Oh boy, um, and and you know they do. I mean, they really do have great reveals. Having them come out on those on those talk shows, I love. I particularly love Catherine O'Hara as uh, what's her name. Uh, who's having a huge comeback? Marilyn now. Hack. Jennifer. Her last name is Hack. <laughs> you know. It's... Yes, exactly. No, as Jennifer, um, not Jennifer Tilly. 
Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge? Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer, oh, yeah. It's her as Jennifer Coolidge, oh. essentially, when she oh, her yeah. big, you know, transformation at the mm. end with the and everything in the boobs. But boy, but boy, is it a window into Hollywood. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. truth, there's if, truth in comedy. True. True. You, you know, <laughs> because like I watched this movie, I'm just like, this is this this is just this is just madness. This whole movie is just madness. But I was like, but at the same time, this is true madness. So like you can't really be mad at it because they're that's what it's Especially like. Especially back then when the internet was it was so funny, like seeing how people were like the the World Wide Web and like, you yeah. know, still getting an idea of how the internet worked. And then Catherine O'Hara's character's like, I heard there's something on the the internet that said, you know, I could be getting I could be up for Oscar. Yeah. It's like, oh no. And then it's like also some random he, person. When he has his when he has his cell phone and he's like, Yeah, isn't this great? We don't have to go to a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I guess I guess the likelihood of of a film transforming that like intensely in production is not the most realistic, but I, I essentially that's what happens when like you know people buy scripts. You know, it's like it's like it's a lot oh, of buzz we love this idea, yeah. except dinosaurs. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just funny. Like that a movie called Home for Pearl, which they had a hard time explaining the holiday, um, and it's just this really low budget. It's all shucksy taking place in the nineteen forties. And just like hear like seeing the cast just in their different ways deal with the Oscar buzz and how insane they become, it it, it does really become unhinged towards the third act. It's great. Yeah, yeah it uh, completely unhinged. Catherine O'Hara's because uh, I just I just rewatched it moments before we got on the Zoom, but uh, Pat, there's a shot where whoever is telling Catherine O'Hara that there's Oscar buzz and the, and the, they just stay on her. I know it's that you're for a, like an extremely long time. And you get <laughs> actress process the information. And, you know, I mean, one of the, one of my favorite lines in the movie is like, Oh, it was just like, it was an honor to even be almost nominated. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and who is this person who said like, who is the person who said it? Uh, that was Harry. Harry is the one who said. Well, yeah, yeah that, at that, the that, end that, when he's doing that commercial with the the yeah, balls that hit weird, his. Weird, um, uh, what you call it? Basically, uh, Hawaiian look. Well, I don't even know. Yeah, was it was so weird, crazy. like balls that you just swing around that hit you in the groin. It was very odd. <laughs> I didn't know what was he selling. There's also so many. I mean, the script has so many jokes in it. Like, like I mean, even just like at the very beginning when Catherine O'Hara like you know pulls up to the guard station he's like oh weren't you in that movie no it was you you had that amazing moment where you punched that little girl in the face <laughs> oh yeah yeah with uh steve renazzi right that's who that yeah, they have so many they have so many great like ins and outs of the scenes yeah, yeah. It, i think well, uh, oh sorry justin no go ahead i was gonna say because for this you know christopher guest does a lot of improvisation like he kind of has like a skeleton plot and then everyone improvises i think that's why for me this is like towards the lower end of all the films because the improv, it doesn't really go like very far in a lot of scenes. It doesn't propel the story forward versus just being in that moment. And I think if you allow yourself just to be in those moments, yes, it's funny, but as an overall story, I think it had less of an impact like a Waiting for Guffman or something like that. that uh, but it was still entertaining. It's just that I would have liked to dig in deeper to the psyche of the main cast, especially the, the kid who played the brother that actually did get the nomination. I would have yeah. loved to know a little bit more about like his mindset during all this because he wasn't getting any attention. Mm -mm. But also, what happened to him? He just like disappeared. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like... He, he just he just disappears. Everyone like, everyone's care. Everyone's living off the hype, and then like you know they have the crazy ass publicist that's getting the other folks like on like radio and and TV shit. And he's just you know he's just a working actor. He like went to sleep when he got the call for the Oscars, where everyone else but was up. Wasn't I mean he's he's the one that was like the legitimate the one legitimate actor on set. No, he's the one that's talking about his motivation and oh I'm mm. thinking about this and Christopher yeah. said okay wait 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 hold on you know no one when you look at a movie nobody wants to know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean even I mean Catherine O'Hara I think has the biggest transformation in the movie you know because she does start the movie off very you know humble and grounded because of those first scenes that they're. Mm. Filming, she's actually like giving a great performance, and 
uh, it made me wonder, you know, like, oh, could this movie have been really great? You know, could could uh, home home perform? Is that the name of the movie? Well, it gets well, called Home for Thanksgiving. Home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when it was Home for Porum, I was just like, man, I wonder if like with just like a slightly different camera angle and like different lighting, could could the movie have been great? Well, I mean, they did get good reviews at the end. Like that's like the Cisco and Ebert S show. They like said that they yeah, loved that, it. Right. Um, but I love that to your like thing about the lighting. When Christopher Guest tells the DP, he's like, "I want all the lights turned up." He's like, "Why? It's gonna look terrible." <laughs> did you? This is very You're at a sports very, arena. <laughs> very niche, but there, there's a there's like a long shot with Christopher Guest, like, and he he goes up. It's when he wants Catherine O'Hara to like faint from her oh, womanhood. Yep, yep. Yes. And he, he like, he walks up onto like the, the porch and there's this like super like wide shot and they get, they just get his shoes, his sneakers. And it's like the most directory shoe ever because it's like cool sneakers, <laughs> like really cool sneakers, they have really cool sneakers on, um, which I, I, you know, just as someone who's worked with many directors, I feel like a lot of times directors have like a cool sneaker on, but then like Interesting. A, a button up shirt and like, you know, cargo khakis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a hoodie over it. And they're like, uh -huh, okay, so uh -huh. we're going to do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, he, his performance as a director was batshit crazy and i loved every moment of it it was so like because he just seemed like he was on another planet even when he's watching the scene and eating sandwiches I'm like does he know what's going on like but again uh, uh, <laughs> you like, know, it's hollywood he he's drawing he's drawing from something mm. <laughs> uh have yeah, you all had to work with like i mean i know andrew without naming names but if, if everyone could share a story about working with a director that was either aloof or like maybe had a different approach to everything than what you were used to. Mm. Well, I, uh, well, instead of telling my story, I'll tell someone else's story. How about that? I was, <laughs> I was less legal consequences that way. Exactly. <laughs> I was, um, cause I actually, I really haven't had many bad experiences with directors, but, um, I don't think I've had any really, but, uh, when I was a young boy, my mentor growing up was Hal Williams from 227 and Sanford and Son and all that. Yeah. Wow. And he was filming a movie and, you know, it was on one of the big lots and he like let me tag along and, you know, be on set with him. And, you know, I'm a theater trained guy. I started doing theater when I was a kid. And so we're on set and they're we just like they just start doing the scene i didn't see a director i didn't see anybody talking to anybody and that was just and so i asked him at lunch and i was like how like how do you guys know what to do and like is somebody telling you what to do and he says no the director he's probably over in the corner someplace watching a monitor and it was like i was a little kid and it was like my first moment i was like how so they're they're doing the scene but the director isn't actually directing Involved, them yeah but, you know, that's the thing that I think is kind of interesting with like between like theater and television and film, um, you know, when you audition for a theater play, they kind of cast you on your potential. They'll be like, oh, like that was really great. I want to get him in the room and see what we can make together. Whereas I feel like in TV and film, you make a self tape and they want to see the performance you're going to give mm -hmm. because you know when you get on set you don't really have like a ton of time to be like workshopping what's going on um unless you know you're a huge star and they're you know shaping it around you which i hope to be one day <laughs> yes don't be all but so, for now i need to be polished <laughs> on that self-tape <laughs> so i guess uh my experience uh you know i was the opposite I worked with a director who was just, who was a part of everything. Oh, he was a oh, part of everything. And, and he on. was absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> he was, I mean, he, he literally had an emotional breakdown uh, midway through the film. And uh, we were at a, you know, like, it was like kind of like a break, you know, they had like a, you know, a day break and just everyone just like went to the bar, just hanging out, blowing off a little steam. And he had an emotional breakdown and he uh, declared his love for one of the actresses. And then they had to carry him out of the bar 
like by his feet and by his hands. Drama. I'm just and like luckily I wasn't there for that. Uh, so like I heard about it because I I I left the set for you know like two days uh, for like a family thing. But like I came back, I'm just like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like what? And then I got to walk back in into all the aftermath of all that. So the whole rest of filming was a complete and utter shit show because now you have this guy who just created this set, which is just a complete fucking shit in shambles. But it was it, it was something to behold. Uh, it sounds like it. And, and honestly, how original for a director to fall in love with an actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who would have thought, right? Yep. Uh, I didn't have any, like, I haven't had, like, any crazy director experiences. I guess, like, when I did this Love and Hip Hop commercial, I was a stand-in for Jim Jones. I got booked, like, last minute. It was so terrible. And he was like, hey, can you rap? And I was like, nah. Like, y'all should have prepared me for that. He was like, what do you want me to do? Like, a Diplomats verse? Like, what am I going to do? Like, and I was going to see with Olivia. I'm like, I'm not going to rap in front of her. Um, or then there was a... The director for the short film that we watched for our podcast called Green that I did back in college, um, oh I was actually afraid of my safety because the main character that I was acting against, he was out of his goddamn mind. He had like very much like a, it just was not a good vibe. And like there were scenes where we had to get physical with each other. And I told the director, I'm like, I think he might really try to hurt me. And the director's like, he's just, he's doing his own thing, man. Just go with it. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> go with death. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I, I have this thought sometimes. I'm like, man, am I too sane to be like one of those actors, you know, that just like really loses it? Like, wouldn't it just be nice to just kind of lose it? <laughs> Do you want to, though? Because like, I feel like there's no coming back from that. I feel like when you get to a Jared Leto, like out of your mind, I don't know if there's any return to normalcy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I also feel like people with extreme celebrity, you know, they're also not having to like live and operate in the world like we do mm. like you know yeah. i went and got a coffee and like spoke to a woman and was like hi can i have a coffee and like i put my card on the machine like i don't think he has to really do that or like take the garbage out but who knows maybe he <laughs> wants to <laughs> but i just feel like you know at a, at a certain point you know life probably is unfamiliar mm. so it would probably would be a little easier to lose your grasp on own reality and everything that's right and true yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, even just like look at the Met Gala every year. It's oh. like, it's such a, it's such an experience. It's such a moment. And I, I like to imagine that I would be able to be there and understand everything. But, you know, there's so many steps mm-hmm. to, that, yeah. to get there and wear the thing and be, you know, there's so many steps to that. That's right. That's right. I mean, I mean, people on this set and the and for home for Purim, you know, a Purim is a Purim or Purim. Purim, Purim. We're all saying different Purim. things. No, Purim, Purim, Purim. 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 Okay. No. Well, I mean, it eventually became home for Thanksgiving, which is so random uh, because that's not a thing. But uh, what did Ricky Gervais say? It's like uh, it's too Jewish. He's like the the title. He was like he was like you know just so you just have to like tone it down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, which way he meant take it out. <laughs> They're like it's a holiday. It's like part of my part of my life. It's like yeah, but you know just just less. And I was like that's okay. Um, this this movie did a good job also like kind of talking about like the what how many people it takes to make a film, not just the actors, but also like makeup and like DP and like marketing. Like all that stuff, and also obviously the agents and everything. Like Eugene Levy as uh, Harry Shearer's agent is so fucking crazy. Wild. A plus, A plus. I actually had a meeting with an agent like that when I first moved to New York, and you know you don't think that those people still exist. You know it feels like a, a trope <laughs> of the seventies, and like when I tell you they're still out and about, I mean it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> really? Like, oh, I got my most. My most important client here, and, and then you know his phone rings, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm not doing anything important. What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Harry Shearer, when he like goes to his office, he's like, you know, he told me to drop it. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I think feature films, you know, uh, there's nothing there for you right now." But um, <laughs> get back to television, get back to commercials. <laughs> yeah, he's dead, dead in the water. And 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 even I was watching, and I was like, you know, like of course to get. A, a commercial like that where you're the recognizable person like flow the progressive girl or whatever mm. it's like 
amazing. But when you accept jobs like that, it does kind of stick the course of your acting yeah. career. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it definitely does change some things. It hinders uh, you. It can hinder your, uh, your progress. Like party down does a really good job of that with, um, Adam Scott's character because he's like mm -hmm. in a popular like beer commercial. And so when mm -hmm. he's catering these parties, people recognize him like, you're the, are we having fun yet guy, which is gotta, yeah. gotta suck getting that from um, customers. I, I've done a handful of commercials and I, when I moved out to LA, I was, you know, meeting with agents and one of the agents, they were like, Oh, have you ever done a commercial where like you had to like, like talk. And I was like, Oh, uh, you know, yes, for the audition, but in the commercial, I was not talking and, and mm. I was like simultaneously like embarrassed and self-conscious about it. And at the same time, I was like, actually, no, it's kind of great that I was able to do th three commercials and not really be a person of note. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Because you still reap the benefits of being in the commercial. Yeah, you still get your money. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you still read the benefits yeah. of it. And, and uh, it was still a fun experience, all of them. But uh, I, I would like to, you know, be go and do many, many different types of things acting. <laughs> I mean, unless you did a commercial in like Japan, because apparently just those don't count. Those wild commercials that they That's right. A lot Japan. of celebrities do those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they don't count. You can go over there and just go crazy, go ham, and, and come back. It's like, I'm a serious actor. But in Japan, I was dressed like a hot dog. There's <laughs> so, something, like, something chic about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's the, it's the, it's the business class flight. I mean, that's, yes. that's Hollywood, y'all. That's, that's Hollywood. I mean... <laughs> Harry and Sharon, like when they like they're uh, they they're asked to do that morning show, right? Like uh, with Fred Willard, he he gets in that the morning show thing, and no, no, no. Uh, oh yeah yeah go ahead, right? Go ahead. And then Catherine O'Hara, she's they ask her a question, she's like, I'm just trying to get my my bearings, and I'm like, they didn't coach them on this, <laughs> like they just threw them to the wolves, which does happen sometimes because I remember I had a publicist and they kind of sometimes threw me into to some interviews where I wasn't fully aware of what was happening. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's that sucks. But that that is sometimes when you're promoting a project, you know, you're, you're thrown into stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, you just got to deal with it because the studio is paying or, you know, that's that's mm -hmm. the name of the game. You know, yeah, you do kind of have to have your sound bites prepared, um, because I think the thing that, you know, with the exception of obviously a podcast, but, you know, most of these interviews are quite short. Yes. Yeah. You can't you can't really be searching for words and him and ha and you gotta kinda have to know know and, and it wasn't really until this year when I hired a publicist and I've been, you know, doing pub publicity for blind spotting and fanatic and whatnot, that I'm like, oh, this is why log lines are important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is why we stress, like I'm I'm writing something new and I've been stressing over what the log line is. And I'm like, oh yeah. It doesn't really matter until way after when people are like, oh, what's your movie about? Yeah. Just... People really Three lines. Do, you really can't talk for very long because they they if you really get too caught up in plot points and things, they don't really hear any of it. Yeah, they zone out. But I will uh shout out our YouTube channel, uh mediapopcorn.com oh, mediapopcorn.com or youtube.com slash media popcorn for our uh my 10 minute uh Zendaya interview. Cause she gave a 12 minute, uh, 10 minute uh, answer to my question, which was insane. Really? But I'm thinking for the like, views. Like un uninterrupted? Yeah. Yeah. What was the question? I don't even remember, but I asked it, it was from Malcolm and Marie. And I asked it of, I asked the same question to Sam Levinson, uh, John David Washington, and then Zendaya went last. And then she just went. And I felt terrible. Cause like you said, Andrew, like you sometimes don't have that much time with talent. And mm -hmm. I think Africa group collectively had like 30 minutes. So I took, half of that just from her wow. response and i felt terrible i was so thankful that they invited me to the brunch because i got to meet you but uh <laughs> you know i am thankful for the views on our channel well look i mean zendaya is she's laser light focused i mean wow so yeah. i and and i and i guess I'm, I'm trying to remember specifically that time when that movie came out that was the one that was black and white about the couple yep yeah yep yeah yep. yeah i feel like that was 
she she obviously was already a huge star, but we I feel like everybody could kind of feel the tide was really turning for her mm-hmm. around that period. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's when yeah. she started getting like into more mature like work and people started taking her very seriously. As, yeah, like, an and so I imagine that you know, listen when when really when anybody gets in a lane and they're feeling you know inspired, you just gotta like watch out, get out of the get into it or get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like that's very, that's very where she's at because what a rise, truly. Absolutely. Yeah, she kind of, I mean, well, obviously, you know, uh, Euphoria and Spider-Man and all that, but she just blew up. She was she a Disney kid up. though, right? Was she? I believe she was, yes. yeah. UV is nodding her head, so she's she's our researcher. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like when you're, when you're in a business for that long, you know, like, hopefully like it's just about hitting like you said andrew that that lane figure it out and then because austin butler he was also like a a disney kid i believe Mm -hmm. so you know the all these young folks are blowing up yeah oh speaking of folks ever blowing up we haven't talked about parker posey at all as the sister oh my god i thought she was pretty funny in this too i think this is like her breakout role wasn't it oh see i don't know the i don't know the order was this the first movie I, this, I feel she's like, in Guffman and uh, Best in Show. Oh, Best in Show might have been her breakout one. I remember one of these was like her. She was everywhere for a minute. Because um, after that, she did Scream 3. She was in Superman, uh, the Brian Singer one that no one talks about. Um, yeah, Best in Show was in 2000, so that makes sense. But I thought she was really funny in this, um, especially when she dumped the boyfriend. When she does oh that. yeah, no, that's an amazing scene in the parking yeah. lot. She starts crying and she doesn't feel supported. Definitely very relatable character that we all know. That person who is just like has received news and you didn't receive her receiving it the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and boy, are you going to pay the price? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, I generally love Parker Posey and everything that she does. There's just a way about her delivery that just meshes with my sensibility uh i you know in this movie i there were other people that really mm. tickled me a little bit more i think i prefer her and guffman and best in show more yeah. but like the girl i mean she holds it down that's an incredible actress yeah she even though what what were they doing with these uh actresses hair in this film well that's I mean, that's uh, that's I a know, time period, the and time. also it's the, of the time. Yes, but they, I was just like, wow, this is like they look wild. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know what? There's actually a really niche moment. I think it's at the end of the in the movie, right before the they uh, announce the nominations, and all of the like hair and makeup people are fighting for their their person. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I think that like she did really strong work. I mean, she's great, but like you know, my girl, she did the really strong work. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's that ownership that a hair and makeup person has over there. It's because of me. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, because I'm a storyteller too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. With every like, strand of hair. Yes. It's true. I mean, if anything, like the, you know, the events of, you know, of this week have shown that, you know, it takes, it's a whole system and teams that put these things together. It's not just one person on set, you know, that makes this well, magic happen. Of of course, and we and we know that. I guess the thing that's uh, a little disturbing is that I guess the people on top don't know that. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I guess that's the kind of the takeaway. I was like, wait, how do they not know? All, like, who do they think is doing all this work? Because I mean, even they are, <laughs> and, yeah. and and apparently soon to be AI. Ugh. Oh my God, is that not horrifying? But but even like you know when you look when you read a script, I guess I guess your average Joe doesn't read a script. But like anyone who reads a script, it's pretty cl- if it's a well written script, it's pretty clear that mm-hmm. time has been poured into the document. Yes. Um, even just with the you know with most scripts, word economy. To have that type of word economy on a page, to get th- that much information out to all of the different departments, the actor, it, that's that is a huge accomplishment. Um, and as someone who's just starting my writing journey, to also be able for these people to do it on a deadline 
and also in concert with other writers. So it's like, I, you know, it's still kind of interesting to me that when you have a room, a writer's room, they're all breaking off and different people are writing different episodes, but they all kind of feel like the same voice. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. That's yeah, you, you, insane. You really have to be, you have to be, it's, it's a group mind that has to happen. And the, like, I, the, I don't think like that. <laughs> so like, it, it's, it's very, it, that's, that's very different. That's very different. And you really have to give it to them for being able to do that and to adjust on the fly, especially with rewrites and everything else under the sun. It's like, that's crazy. I don't know. I also, and that's the one part of the whole AI conversation. I don't really know what, what the, the support for that is because how do you give notes on a script mm -hmm. to AI? And I'm sure, listen, it's only a matter of time before they do figure it out. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's all, it's all a little bizarre to me. Everything yeah, but, that's AI. But, but AI, the, AI uh, couldn't create something like this. That's the thing is, right? Like this is talented people that work together for a long time that are able to get the funny out of each other. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's the thing is like AI can only replace so much like without that human element, you know? Well, I mean, I mean but at the same time, you know, you know, a, a writer, you know, writes that that initial draft or, you know, even the final script. And then, you know, then it's up to the actor to actually bring that to life. Right. So it's not necessarily so it's more of a collaborative effort uh, than anything. So the, a writer isn't even the end goal uh, of, you know, the, the piece. The actor then takes that and then and brings it uh, brings it to actual screen film or whatever you're, you're doing. So like it, it's. I think the fact that they're trying to give everything the AI is taking out such a strong human aspect of the the whole thing of trying to make a film. And then like, how is that going to affect the acting going forward? Because it's, it, I don't know. I just don't know how that's going to work because it, it, for some reason, it, it just tells me that I haven't read anything that was straight AI written. Um, you know, as oh, far it's as amazing. Wise. The Hallmark movies that they do, the the AI Hallmark <laughs> movies are hysterical. Well, well, and that's like if 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 someone uh, uh, actually made an AI produced Hallmark film uh, script and then like did it word for word, it would sound absolutely insane. Yeah, it's gonna the the onus is gonna land on the actor because the actor is gonna be like, this doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. and then and then what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Right? Does it, now is the actor going to get the writing credit? No. Exactly. Yep. You know, yep. they're gonna. There's gonna be some, you know, little loophole or something that says, you know, it's up to the actor's interpretation or whatever. Which, yeah, I mean, I I don't think anyone is looking forward to an AI run, like art worlds. That's it's kind of anti what everyone is drawn to when you know you turn on your television or you go and see a play. Is you kind of want, you either want something that is completely unthought through like reality television where you're seeing human interaction happen in the moment which is thrilling mm. that's why we watch it for the most part until it gets too overproduced <laughs> or you want like a thoughtful imaginative story that's either familiar or completely unfamiliar familiar like you know the office or unfamiliar like lord of the rings like you know it, it's it's why we why we tune in um absolutely so all will be revealed, you know, I, I obviously there, you know, we've seen the stock has gone, gone way down since the strike. And what is this is the, the second day of the strike. Mm -hmm. So yep. I, I imagine, you know, they'll get what they want, or at least most of what they want, just a matter of time. It's like 50 cent said, get rich or die trying. <laughs> and has anyone checked in with him? Has he gotten rich yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he How did he die trying. <laughs> um, but he came back to life after being shot nine times. I have a question for everybody because uh, we all have had, you know, obviously, Andrew, you're more uh, established as an actor that had way more of a career in that, in that aspect. But Christopher Guest in his films, very little of the movie has a detailed script. He generally writes an outline so the actors know what needs to happen in the scene. And they do a maximum of two to three takes with no rehearsal prior to filming. How do you all feel about that? Because for me, that just raises my anxiety. I'm like, I think I'm a uh, funny person, but oh no. You can tell. You can tell. For me, I can tell. I I can tell you I would thrive in that environment. I am an improviser through and through. Mm. I 
I improvised in, in New York. In fact, when I was doing Hamilton in New York, I was on an imp improv team and I would leave the stage door, run on the subway and my team always had to go last. So I would like run in, meet my team, do like a warm up, and then do an improv set. I love improv. Oh. I love comedy. So I would where, love. Where were you at? Yeah, where'd you perform? Oh my god, I, I couldn't even tell you the the nameless theaters that we performed down in some basement. <laughs> oh, okay. So you were like a traveling. Oh, so group. like uh, yeah, we, you were like we were, an, we were an indie team. Okay. 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 Yeah, so it's like, you know, when, when you do Upright Citizens Brigade, they encourage you to make indie teams, and our indie yeah. team took it very seriously. So, you know, we had, you know, and basically what happens is, you know, you do one show someplace, and then, you know, people say, oh, come and do my show here, come and do my show here. Our, the name of our team was Brand Loyal, and, uh, you know, I wrote my first pilot with one of my teammates, and, you know, they they were, it was a great, it was a great time. But I do, I actually do a lot of improvising on blind spotting. They'll just like say, okay, oh, just nice. keep going, keep going. And I like to, just because like you always want to honor what's on the page. Mm -hmm. So I always do all my improv at the end of the scene because then, you know, I did what y'all needed me to do. Here's some extra, you know, if you want it. Um, in episode, I forget what episode it is. Oh, actually, coincidentally, it's the Thanksgiving episode of Blind <laughs> Where there's a scene where Jasmine and I are talking, and uh, it's tightly scripted because it's cutting between other scenes. And so we're doing the scene, and someone comes and whispers to me, they're like, hey, can you improv in the scene, but not at the end? Mm. <laughs> I said, where do you want me to do it? Like, you know, I, like, I don't want to mess Jasmine up. You know, she's learned lines and they're like yeah you know just do it throughout maybe at the beginning and i'm like so i start doing it and i see jasmine's eyes are like what are you <laughs> oh no what are where you are saying, we where sir? <laughs> and so they cut and i said jasmine i'm so sorry they told me to improvise and she goes oh okay okay <laughs> I just thought you went off completely off script just like what is andrew doing well i think that's why she was so confused because she knows i would literally never mm. so that was like wh why she was like this is not like uh, this is not the type of person who would just fly off the handle <laughs> that's um, good that's good that yeah. you're like you have that reputation of being reliable as a scene partner because there's some Catholic people that school educated baby i love the rule <laughs> So, they were uh, beaten into me by Fister <laughs> Lucy, whatever. <laughs> so uh, my, uh, I, I was actually a, a Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, oh, uh, cool! Yeah, so I came, I came through the theater, and I remember I actually had one where you know I, I did the script, you know, their way, and it's like, all right, so let's just improvise one, and we're just gonna we're gonna do that, just like you know, say whatever you want. I'm like, okay, and I improvise. It was, it, it was this weird like commercial, actually kind of like ad for it was about us uh, about storytelling. So I just made up this random story. I'm a Vietnam vet. Yada yada. I went completely left field, and then that became the thing that they use. And I actually got a, a complete writing credit for it. They're just like, "Hey, we're using your entire thing," and it's like, "This is the new thing." And that's like Love for that. me, it was like the best thing I've ever done. It's like because I'm just like like off the cuff. Let's go. Well, I bet it. I bet yeah. I bet it was probably some of the most natural, realistic acting you've ever done because you we're actually thinking of it on the fly. It's yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I know Brandon right now because we've done a ton of things together, and Brandon's probably just like, I can't believe that because we've done some crazy things. Together. I've literally seen Justin be the main character in a short film that had a script, and Justin was just like. Yeah, <laughs> just, every scene was just unpredictable because Justin was like, "Let's just have fun, guys." And uh, oh boy, um, well, but, it was something that Brandon wrote a long time ago. <laughs> you will respect my words. Uh, real quick, before we get to our rating, um, Yubia uh, found uh, some interesting uh, trivia. One is, uh, and I forgot about this: Catherine O'Hara, ironically have been receiving Oscar buzz about the performance in this movie. And I remember that. Like, from my, I think I've read it, like, Entertainment Weekly, like, people, like, that might, you know, get nominated. And it was her for this movie. But, unfortunately, she did not get a nomination for this movie. Um, and even after... You're trolling her. For the, like, for her facelift, the, you know, the later half of the movie, that was just her stretching her face during takes. There was no additional makeup or aid to achieve it, which is like, crazy. She was, like... Physically doing it? Yep. That's the, just what oh. Justin's doing. That's, <laughs> That's insane. Wild. 
Wow. Has she ever been nominated for an Academy Award or a I don't Emmy? think so. Oh, maybe she, she, maybe I, other she awards. Won, maybe like an Emmy. Shit's Creek. I think she won. She won for she won for, she won yeah. for uh, Shit's Creek. Yeah, but like not a Oscar or anything like that. Interesting. And she well, might have a Grammy because of Nightmare Before Christmas or something like that. Yeah. Mm. I'm just speculating, but I know she, for sure she got an Emmy because they all like that was the Emmy sweep year. I they think. swept. Yeah, yeah, they swept. I mean, look, she's just so, so funny. freaking talented and you know the range i mean she she was i mean i mean i knew her from home alone being the mom mm. which is like not really a comedic role you know she plays a mom yep. and she played it well she played a bad mom well <laughs> see i was introduced Girl, to how her you lose your baby twice <laughs> You yeah. lost your baby two times in a row, two Christmases in a row. Child services should have been called. We talked about that in the episode. Um, yep. But uh, I, I was introduced. Dead, but I was introduced to her during Beetlejuice. Oh, oh yeah. That was like yeah. that was the first uh, thing I think I saw her in. Um, well, I'm happy. I'm I'm genuinely really happy that she's having a career renaissance because, you know, women especially don't usually get a chance to explore their acting abilities later on in life. Yep. Yep. And uh, one of the beautiful things about acting is that you can do it at any age. So it's, ama- it's amazing to see her still doing the kookiest work. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's still, you know, she's still doing what she did in Guffman and Best in Show and all those, you know, movies, just, you know, in the 2020 something way. She she's still hilarious, and, and uh, just to to correct, um, she has an Emmy Award, a Golden Globe, a Screen Actors Guild Award, a TCA Award, and six consecutive can, Canadian Screen Awards. Because I think Shit's Creek is technically a Canadian show. Yeah, so that makes sense. And she's sixty nine. Giggity, yeah. great number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this movie had a budget of fifteen uh, point uh, uh, no twelve million dollars, and had a box office of five point nine million so it was not uh profitable um which leads us to our our ratings just to break down our rating system baby stop calling me baby so uh we rate movies bags of popcorn small medium large and the xl for the exceptional if a film doesn't deserve any popcorn we throw it into the dog shit pile we pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it so we sat down and we watched the 20 the 2006 film for your consideration with uh, uh, just a crazy cast, Catherine O'Hara, Stat. Uh, uh, Eugene Levy, uh, Christopher Guest. John Krasinski okay. had a random cameo in here. Yeah, like, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's so many people. Sandra O oh was randomly. Right it was that, that cameo was so unnecessary. It was just the, it was just the lead in to talk about. A cop, it was, yeah, over Perum and a cop movie. That was so weird. So. I ask you, Andrew, what say you, sir? I give, for your consideration, a medium popcorn. Mm. Okay. All right. Any reason why? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's not my favorite Christopher Guest movie, mm-hmm. but it has very entertaining moments. The cast is stellar. Um, and it is cringe in the right way, which is just like it's it's hitting on notes that are close to home for me. So I, I love insider showbiz type movies, but it, it's not really a, a movie that I, I see myself really going back to and, you know, having to dig in again and again and again not like okay. the other ones but it's not a small but to me it's not a small popcorn just because there is a lot there you know there is there is a lot to the movie yeah. in my okay. in my in my head what about you guys brandon yeah i'm gonna give this i want to give it a medium as well just because i did laugh really hard at certain points like Eugene Levy, like constantly had me laughing. Catherine O'Hara, the the, the second to third act. I mean, just when she started doing the work, and she and just like it just 
took off a different direction. Like, you know, she clearly was losing her mind. And then when she didn't get the nomination and they did that cruel news story where they were like, let's talk to the people that didn't get nominated. I'm just like, oh, no. like, come on, I got food in here. <laughs> they they found Parker Posey at the diner. <laughs> it was like, yo. Uh, so that made me like, I'm laughing hard now thinking about it. It's an incredibly cruel joke, but I thought it was very funny. Um, but you know, compared to some of the other Christopher Guest movies, I think the improvisation went a little bit too long in parts, and it was it was tougher for editing. I think it wasn't as seamless as like something like Best in Show or Waiting for Guffman was. And also, this is in a mockumentary style, and I think that might have helped a little bit to give us some of the extra character context. But you know, you can't do everything the same way. It also, you know, it also didn't feel as improvised as the as the other movies. Mm. It felt it felt a, like a little a little more scripted to me, but everything Jennifer there. everything Jennifer Coolidge did felt improvised. I mean, when she said that, like, can you not film me? Like, I don't like people to see how my back looks or something. Yeah, film like, me from the back. I don't like to be filmed from the back. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> Justin, what's your rating? Yeah, so I'm giving this a small. Um, I felt <laughs> Brandon's like, of course you are. Um, it was. It was just a little bit too disjointed for me. Um, I, you know, I love Catherine O'Hara and like, I love everything she does. And like, I loved when she was on screen, but it was like some of the other characters took me out of it, especially like um, Fred Willard and uh, Jamie Lynch. They're like entertainment tonight. <laughs> yeah, people. Like that thing was absolutely crazy. <laughs> so like, uh, but, and, and for me, not necessarily in a good way. I was kind of just like, please take them off the screen right now. Oh, I um, loved when he had his his little spiked hair in the interview. That was wild. <laughs> oh my god, I loved all of the different looks that they had. All the old guys trying to look young. That was great. Wearing the freaking um, uh, Sherlock Holmes hat with the with the mic with, with the, the big magnifying pipe. glass. I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> so it was like uh, th- things like that. I, I just thought that was, you know, I I felt like there could there needed to be a little bit more. Um, like grounded uh, performances that kind of, you know, ex- you know, really uh, exemplified the craziness uh, in the film. I felt like th- there was too much crazy to the point where you couldn't, so it, it didn't really highlight the crazy that like Catherine O'Hara and some of the other characters were bringing to the role. I think our only character was the guy, Brian, uh, who was kind of, you know, keeping it, you know, real base and everyone else was like kind of, kind of a little too weird. But who are the grounded? Who are the grounded characters in Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show? This is true. This is no, true. Like you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like that's the thing. Like the this this genre of film, it's just a circus. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It it really does feel like a circus. You're just trying to keep everyone together under the tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I'm sorry, not a great improviser. Uh, I know that you kill it, but I'm, I'm just not good at it. But please tell the listeners how they can follow you, keep up with your work, as well as uh, Fanatic and, and uh, new episodes of Blind Spotting coming out. Totally, yeah. So you can watch new episodes of Blind Spotting every Friday on Stars, the Stars app or the Stars channel. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at A C H A P P H A W K. I pronounce it H A P H A W K. There you go. Um, and then, yeah, my the film Instagram is at Fanatic the Film on Instagram. And uh, yeah, there's lots of updates with our film. We just got into two really great festivals, and uh, I just booked all my travel and figuring out my outfits for the cocktail parties. <laughs> nice. There you go. You know how it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I I look forward to um, seeing what happens with it. Absolutely. And congratulations on all the success. We're wishing you all the best with Fanatic. And, you know, hopefully that becomes the full, uh, the full feature film that you're working on. Um, but thank you so much for joining us on the show. Folks, you know, you can follow me at American Collins, AmericanCollins.com. I have Drunk Black History coming up on for, uh, Sunday, June 18th at Bell House of Brooklyn. Come through to that, as well as stand-up comedy at Comedy Outliers at Union Hall on Friday, July 7th. Tickets can be found at AmericanCollins.com. And remember, you can follow the show at Medium P Podcast and all social media platforms, MediumPopcorn.com. And Justin, if you want to support the show financially, as well as follow you, my brother, what can they do? Well, you can follow me at Jay Brown Did It on all the socials. 
But uh, if you'd like to support this show, take yourself on down to patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We have $2, $5, $10, and $15 packages. Our entire backlog goes oh, yeah. to Patreon. We have so many many episodes, bonus episodes. It's the best Patreon on the face of the earth. You need to be on there. And please leave us a voicemail, 347-508-0978. That's right. It's been a while since we got a voicemail. Come in, call in, tell us your thoughts, tell us, you know, how you felt about, you know, for your consideration. And you know, yeah, curse Brandon it, out, guys. Dude, just call in and curse Brandon out. You don't have to do that, but let us know how you like it in Blind Spotting on Stars because it's a great show. And if you love the movie, please, please check it out. Um, Andrew, thanks again so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for so much, Andrew. Yep. Take care. All right, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Ciao. We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Medium popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it, well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pisses or you're fun.